Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of the Nintendo Powercast. This is your Nintendo News Minute, and I'm your host, N64, Josh. We're going to jump right into this one, and one of the first things we're going to be covering is 84 Hashi? What is this? What is 84 Hashi? Now, this is from Nintendo Life. This is one of their features, and it says, A visit to 84 Hashi, Tokyo's secret Nintendo staff bar, now open to you. So what what is this there's a photo of of miyamoto and uh let's just we'll jump into the article that says there's no shortage of fascinating nintendo related places to visit in tokyo you could explore shops for boxed famicom games sit down and eat a kirby burger or play punch out in its original cabinet at a retro arcade yet one attraction was hidden from Nintendo diehards for years. A cafe run by a former Nintendo employee where the world's most iconic game developers meet to eat and drink surrounded by priceless memorabilia that fans would give anything to own. Now, this is super cool. I've never even heard of this place before until I, I, I was looking for, uh, looking for the news today. And I'm so intrigued by this. It is, it is so cool. We're going to keep, we're going to keep going. Even the reason that it's named, 84 or is it 84 okay once only a rumor whispered amongst japanese game fans the haven for nintendo hardcores named 84 is now open to the public often stylized as 84 hashi but just pronounced hashi it refers to the final level of the original super mario brothers 84 and the owner's name toru hashimoto while the cafe was only reserved for the people in the gaming industry, Hashimoto has recently opened it up to tourists. Fans can reserve their spot in the 8-4 tour, allowing them to step inside a truly unique time capsule of Nintendo history. I've, I mean, Japan is a is an absolute goal of mine to be able to go to Japan to to retro game hunt there to to experience the culture, to see the the birthplace of Nintendo and just and now stuff like this, I mean, you know, Super Nintendo World was definitely on the list, but this might even be higher on the list for me. Like, if you guys are only listening, you're not seeing any of the video. There is there is a lot of draw, like hand-drawn classic gaming characters like on, on the walls. I can see Mario, I can see Lakitu, I can see Mega Man. There's there's a lot 
a lot going on here. So let's let's keep going. I want to dig into this article just a little bit more because this so fascinating to me. Opened in 2015, 8-4 was originally a members-only cafe for those who worked in the gaming industry. It's not a place one could stumble into uh, even now. You won't be able to find it on any map. And those who do know its address are sworn to secrecy. This is so cool. Uh, Hashimoto created the 8-4 tour where tourists can visit, eat, and chat in the cafe for 90 minutes. Reservations are required and the whole experience costs uh, right around $75 US. Open, opening up 84 to anyone risks completely changing the aura and atmosphere. But Hashimoto feels the change was worthwhile. This is a quote. It says, I was a little worried, but I wanted people from around the world to see it, he tells us. I had an idea of opening it up to the public, but due to COVID, I had to wait three years. 84 finally started taking reservations for the public allowing hundreds of overseas travelers to experience what it has to offer. And I'm just going to go through some of the photos here. If you guys aren't watching the video, there are, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm making some guesses here. What looks like, like decks of cards. There looks like a, there's like three pieces of a, a Famicom slash NES controller that look like they might open up and they might be containers to something, but there's an A and B button, the D pad and the start and select. And they're kind of, it's sliced into three parts. The D pad is on a Famicom controller and the B button and a button are super Nintendo. And it looks like the, the start and select button are also not super Nintendo. Um, Nintendo looks like there's a box copy of the first super Mario brothers in the back of this, this shelf here. Some old school, just Mario memorabilia. It looks like Mario golfing and Mario action figure, a Famicom controller, maybe, maybe a deck of cards. And then there's some drawings on the wall. It looks like, looks like some animal crossing characters, maybe, but they may be characters I'm unfamiliar with. There's tons of autographs. There's autographs all over this legend of Zelda poster. And there's, uh, there's, there's something from game freak. That's got Pikachu on it. That looks like it's hand drawn as well. Um, there's a uh, scrolling down. It says Super Mario 84, and it's a picture of. It is a picture of uh, of of Mario, of course. Um, back to the article it says 84 feels more like a living room than a cafe. The large sofas, photos of the owner with his former coworkers, and a small square footage is a far cry from many of Tokyo's trendier eateries. Yet the humble aesthetic of the cafe is in sharp contrast to its treasures. The standout being dozens of art pieces and signatures from some of the most important people in the Japanese gaming industry and Nintendo veterans. Signed artwork of Link eating rice from Anuma, handwritten sheet music from Koji Kondo, and a framed copy of Ocarina of Time with Shigeru Miyamoto's signature is just a sampling of the one-of-a-kind items on display in the cafe it's so cool you guys if i do recommend going and checking out the youtube video or head on over to the article at nintendo life just so you can see some of the photos from this cafe it's very very cool guests seem most interested in in the mario piece from miyamoto said hashimoto uh he's referring to the artwork of mario sitting down with a meal of adorned miyamoto's signature super mario uh i'm sorry sitting down to a meal by Miyamoto, uh, adorned by Miyamoto's signature with Super Mario 84 across the top in colorful block lettering. Uh, there's just, you guys, there's so many different pieces of Nintendo history throughout this, 
th throughout this cafe. It's unbelievable. Um, Pikachu sitting with Ash. You got uh, Tingle from uh, from the Legend of Zelda. It looks like it looks like the uh, the Ico Shadow of Colossus, and I can't remember the last one. I think there's I can't remember there's that's part of a trilogy. The Last Guardian, maybe I think that was the name of that one, but forgive me if I got it wrong. Oh wait, here it is. Here it is in the article. Well, let's jump back in here. It says fans are immediately overwhelmed by the cafe's collection of gaming history. Uh, here's a quote. It says, I was surprised at how deeply moved many of the customers were once they entered the cafe. Some even lost their breath. Uh, not every signature is from a Nintendo employee. Guests will find signed copies of Ico, Shadow of the Colossus, and The Last Guardian. So I, I got that one right. Uh, who, let's see, from Fumitu Yudia, who is also Hashimoto's uh, home prefecture of Hayago. I'm forgive me if i'm saying some of this stuff wrong signatures from yuji hori uh keiji inafumi and many from game freak including junichi masuda also can be discovered all include hand-drawn artwork you won't find anywhere else um what about the owner's signature i don't think my signature would be allowed here uh said hashimoto that's pretty funny um across from the seating area and the autographs is a cabinet containing many other interesting oddities and rare items. He says his favorite is probably the Panasonic Q, referring to the Japan exclusive DVD GameCube combo housed in a chrome case. It's so dazzling. The rarest item, the earthbound jacket or, or the lighter, said Hashimoto, referencing a Nintendo 64 branded lighter that was given out at E3. After that, probably the cart sticker, from super mario brothers so so cool continuing on here it says the cabinet was also the, the cabinet indeed has a pristinely preserved sticker yet to be put on a yellow famicom case of the original super mario brothers uh title the cabinet also included dozens of rare figures and souvenirs collected over the years including an autographed pokemon including autographed pokemon cards across from this treasure trove is a small shelf filled with photos of Hashimoto with many of his collaborators over the years. Not many can say they have photos with Miyamoto, Anuma, and Shigesato uh, Itoi. Not, I'm not sure if I'm saying it correctly, forgive me, on the same shelf. Um, in the back of the cafe area includes a gigantic TV running retro gaming ads. Uh, here you can also pursue a, or peruse a catalog of some cafe-exclusive goods, including an 8-4 stamp book, resembling a Japanese passport. And if you need to make a quick toilet run, the bathroom hides dozen, dozens more luminary signatures. That's so cool. There's a drawing of what looks like Link on the wall. And uh, continuing on here, there's a picture of uh, Toru uh, Hishimoto. It says, also known as Choken, may be unknown to many Nintendo fans, yet he shouldn't be as... Hashimoto contributed to some of the most iconic Nintendo games of all time, including Yoshi's Island, Pokemon Red and Green, and Earthbound, and many others. After joining in Nintendo in 1984, he worked with Super Mario Club, Nintendo's internal debugging team. Hashimoto collaborated with many notable developers within Nintendo and also other companies. After leaving Nintendo, he became president of Sagua, uh, Sagua Kachua, Sagua Kacho, 
Kucho, Sagua Kucho, forgive me guys, um, a company focusing on debugging and game balance. Here he worked on many non-Nintendo games, including uh, Coldcept from PlayStation. That Now they're showing some pictures of him with Anuma um and some other some other developers as well this there's so much you guys i could continue on and on um the last little thing here is a quote it says people talking about games they love uh, people talking about games they love is a communication tool that can cross different languages he says i hope through the tour people can share their love of games with each other and there's really something to that right i don't i don't i think people outside of the gaming community don't really understand that when we talk about games it's not just because we enjoyed the the gameplay or the story or any of that it's these are timestamps for us to go back to and really remember you know, what was going on in our lives during those days. And so what a, what a special place that I really, really hope I get the chance to, uh, I get to visit one day. So I do recommend checking out the Nintendo life article. You guys look up all the pic, look at all the pictures and stuff. It is a really, it's, it's really a special place and so cool that they, they were able to, uh, to, to, to get inside and, and be able to tour this thing and, and share it with the rest of us. It's really, really cool. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Moving on, still at NintendoLife.com, it says Capcom reports yet another record year of game sales. Uh, Capcom has released its financial report for the fiscal year ending March 31st, 2023, and it is an impressive showing from the Japanese publisher. Following the launch of 35 new SKUs, including Monster Hunter Sunbreak and Resident Evil 4, the company has reported that it has sold a record-breaking record 41.7 million units over the course of the period, which is up from 32.6 million during the previous fiscal year. Having said that, while new titles contributed 12.4 million to the overall total, roughly 30%, the remaining 29.3 million was made up of catalog titles, which Capcom states is compromised of games like Monster Hunter Rise, Resident Evil Village, and Devil May Cry 5 and more. Moving on in the article here says, we'll have to wait and see what kind of impact recently released Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection will have since it launched, since it launched on April 14th, 2023, just after the end of the fiscal year. A recent announcement from Capcom put the collection at just over a million in sales already. Nevertheless, the results have proven to be beneficial for the company itself, whose share price has risen to a record high. And after starting off 2023 at around, so it's up to 5,330 yen and it is around 4,250 um, with upcoming launch of Street Fighter 6 and the new IP Exo Primal, we're betting Capcom is in for another successful fiscal year ahead. And I would have to agree with that. Capcom, one of those, just one of those developers that seems to do a lot on the Switch Square and Capcom really seem to be the the companies that are 
leaning into the switch i mean you've got capcom as cloud games on the switch i'm not that i'm praising those but just the fact that like they they really are pushing to get all of their uh or a lot of their games out on on switch and it's fantastic Mount monster hunter uh rise sunbreak fantastic title rise is a fantastic title they've just they've they've really knocked it out of the park with including mega man games they they seem to do a really good job of like collections as well as some some new ip and it's just great to see how much how much they are doing and and honestly as well as they are doing and as much as they have supported the switch i would personally love to see nintendo maybe let them you utilize some of their their ip you know capcom used to make zelda games back in the day and maybe uh Maybe maybe there's room for them to do something along those lines. Who who knows? Maybe uh, maybe maybe Star Fox gets some uh, Devil May Cry treatment. You know, I don't know. Just just throwing that out there. But again, I'm always about seeing more Nintendo IP, and Capcom really seems to be knocking out of the out of the park. I wonder what they can do with something like they used to back in the old days. Will we find out? It's hard to say. Maybe. There, there, there may be a possibility. And what is the future for Monster Hunter? We know that Sunbreak's DLC is coming to an end later this summer. And uh, what's next? Will they just will they throw another one? We know Monster Hunter Rise made its way over to the Xbox and is on is currently on Game Pass. So will we see more DLC? Will they just keep supporting it that way? I, I don't see anything wrong with it as long as the value is there. But we'll just have to wait and see. Let me know your thoughts. And what you think? What do you think we see from Capcom this year besides Street Fighter Six and Exo Primal? And and what what do you expect from Monster Hunter moving forward? Let me know in the comments below. Well, if you guys saw my TikTok or YouTube Shorts, you saw me talking about a delay that's got everybody sad, and that is Hollow Knight Silk Song release pushed back as Team wants it to be as good as it can be. This is from my Nintendo news. Matthew Griffin tweeted out last night. He said, Hey gang, quick update about silk song. We planned, we had planned to release it in the first half of 2023, but development is still continuing. We're excited by how the game is shaping up and it's gotten quite big. So we want to take the time to make the game as good as we can expect. Let's see. Show more. It's going to take me all the way to the tweet. Sorry guys. It says, expect more details from us once we get closer to release. This is one of those games, you guys. It's been in development and been in news cycles since 2019. 2019, and it, it, it this could push to the beginning of next year, the, the way I'm seeing it. You know, they they announced that they were going to be. I, I believe this was going to be coming to Game Pass. It was the one. I think it was it was one of a couple games that was kind of confusing if it was going to be on Game Pass or not with Xbox, and it gave all of us hope. Honestly, it was like, okay, we're we're seeing more from from Silk Song. I know Crawler is super excited about this one, and it, I mean, you go through the you go through the replies on his tweet, and there is, uh, you know, there's sixty one thousand likes on that tweet and over 2000 replies so you know that people are are really wanting this game but i think i think a question that we might talk about on npc is at what point should games really start being marketed you know if i know this one's a little bit tough because it initially was supposed to be dlc for hollow knight and then it became if i remember correctly and then it became its own spin-off, its own game. 
And so I guess I can understand at that point, like, okay, yeah, but uh, such a, such a tough thing for the fans of this series and, you know, every indie direct, it's just a, it's one after another, just like wondering when, when are we going to see more from team cherry and, and, and hollow night silk song? Well, based from this tweet, it's going to be, it's going to be a little while longer. And my fingers, I got my fingers crossed that we see a holiday, but I, I don't know. It's just, a, just my gut feeling. It's going to be a little bit longer than that. So if you're upset about the hollow night news, let me know in the comments below. And what do you think about uh, the way games are being marketed? Should they be marketed as early as, you know, three, four years? Like, I mean, even tears of the kingdom was, was marketed in like 2020. Let me know your thoughts in the comments. Okay. Last thing here. Nintendo confirms that the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom has dungeons. Okay. So we're at Nintendo everything, or I'm sorry, my Nintendo news. And it says one thing that was a major source of criticism in the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild was that there were no dungeons. Instead, they were replaced by Divine Beasts. However, the final pre-launch trailer of Breath of the Wild uh, Breath of the Wild sequel, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, contained some very brief footage that suggests that dungeons may have been brought back. Well, there have been some uh, developer interviews, and there's three of them, you guys, and I'm actually going to cover all three of them in three separate shows. So we're going to dive into each of them. I'm going to give my thoughts on them, and they're going to be released. Like I'm going to be recording them as soon as this is out. So we're going to dive much, much deeper into this. But... Um, in the third part of the interview, the game developers were asked about dungeons being in the game. The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom's director, uh, Hidemaru Fujibayahashi, replied by confirming that indeed dungeons are in the game. He said that although they haven't talked about them yet, they've changed from the previous game. For example, there is a dungeon that connects directly from Hyrule's surface. If you dive from the sky straight into the dungeon, you'll trigger an event. We think this will be a new experience that wasn't possible in the previous game. They go on to say uh, the from the technical director on on that matter, saying that we've made dungeons unique to their respective environments. So we think you'll be able to enjoy a wide variety of regional characteristics. Um, and lastly, from the art director, they talked about the difficulty of making the dungeons. In fact, he says that making a wide variety of pretty challenging uh, making making a wide variety was pretty challenging the four divine beasts were the dungeons in the last game and they shared similar designs and they really did they they i mean i said early on i love breath of the wild there's no you know no no salt but when it came to dungeons and the divine beasts they were they were very similar and then they said that they and they shared similar designs this time the dungeons are huge and each carry their own regional look and feel just like traditional legend of zelda games we think they will provide a satisfying challenge for players. They are they they were certainly a challenge to develop. So there you go. If you were wondering and hoping, like me, that Tears of the Kingdom would have dungeons, well, it has now been confirmed. Just just two days before the launch, and uh, like I said, we're gonna dive deep into these developer interviews, and uh, we're also doing a top ten. The, our top 10 Zelda items on the the main Nintendo Powercast with uh, with Johnny Bo, Cheesy, and Crawler. And I want you guys to, like, if you want to tune in live, we're going to be recording that on Wednesday instead of Thursday due to the midnight release of Tears of the Kingdom. So 
We will be live tonight on YouTube and on twitch.tv slash N64Josh. We would love to have you guys come hang out with us. And that is going to do it for this Nintendo News Minute. Thank you guys so much for everything. Remember, you can hit me with news tips at hashtag NPC News or just tweet at me at N64Josh. I appreciate you guys, and we will see you in the next one. Bye now. Thank you.